Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Renthigpen, always ecstatic to be in the place with you today. Listen, our next guest is an accomplished author, speaker, and thought leader in the culture industry, working with organization levels that range from startup to billion-dollar corps. She's helping decision makers and key leaders cultivate strong cultures at the head to help them empower their employees that move the body of the business. Sharice Fontes is utilizing her expertise in philosophy, anthropology, and community building to make sure she pulls in all of her skills from that surprise hat that she has as a birth doula, y'all, to inspire and energize rooms of executives and employees alike. You'd be so surprised at how much you can teach when you are a helpful supporter of creating life. Sharice, welcome to the BBP. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I am aligning in this moment and grateful to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've been excited to look and looking forward to interviewing you from the moment that I got your team's pitch. We get hundreds of interview pitches all the time, like literally once a month, there's a flood of stuff that comes in and we can't keep up. So we look at those that are standing out and yours was standing out from your multiple businesses, including the one that's really focused on kindness and really leaving an impact in this world so that your children and their children's children and everyone that they play with actually has an earth to play on. I appreciated that first and foremost. But then second, you are really looking at what I can do to help the people who are movement makers that are in these organizations that are supposed to have corporate social responsibility and help the communities around them. But if there's toxicity or a misalignment in what they can do and how they can do it, I need to help them before that spreads through those communities that they serve. So I really appreciate your personal mission and what you're doing behind the scenes. Thank you so much. And you just beautifully summed it all up. I love that. Yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) Well, thank you. Every once in a while, someone says, can you come with me on tour and be like my MC for all that I do? I could totally see you being an MC for sure. I would subscribe to that. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I I wish my kids agree because they think I'm the corniest thing walking on earth, but... Don't worry, you'll be there. Yeah. You'll be there. Mine's are 22 and 27. Okay, it's yeah. coming. Yeah, you're in the corny bucket for sure. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm, I'm so in the corny bucket. Um, so when you are wearing those hats, let's just focus on your culture hat for a moment. When you go into these organizations, Sharice, are you going in as the person that's like, I'm here to listen mm. to what's going on to almost take an audit, if you will, of what's happening before you introduce, or are mm. you taking your acumen and expertise of saying like, I've seen so much of this. I don't really even need mm-hmm. <laughs> to listen to y'all because this is showing up as a cookie cutter moment mm. and opportunity for me to serve quickly and fast, right from this plate of experience. Like which hat do you tend? I know you can shift between the two, but which hat do you tend to lean on? I'm an anthropologist by nature. It's, you know, I study cultures, religions, and tribes. I go in with 
a grounded understanding of culture, but a unknowingness of the culture that I'm going into. And it allows Mm. me to sit with the people. So imagine that you and I go visit an island and they're weaving baskets. I sit and understand the story of how they begin to weave the basket in the way that they've done. What's the, what's the story that's been passed down? What's the purpose of this weave? And I just sit, I don't tell them, Hey, there's a faster way you could weave this basket. There's a quote I love right. that says, um, in the eyes of the beginner, there are millions of options in the eyes of the expert. There are only one or two. And so I always go in as the beginner and the holder of space uh, for whatever the culture might yield. And I might see the patterns and I might see the, um, uh, the connections of some of the symptoms, but I have no idea. Humans are always the variable. So I go in with that just, open curiosity, but very grounded in what I understand as culture as it moves uh, and creates the success that I've had with companies that I've worked with. Mm, Excellent answer on so many levels. So um, quick unknown fact, anthropology is a huge part of my background as well, which is the lens that I lean into as well. So if you would have answered the other way, I would have had a very different response. To your point, I do think it's important that no matter how brilliant you are in your expertise and all that your experience, as well as the investment in your skill level has taught you, we have to lean in with curiosity and make sure that we're not bombarding another culture in the organization, a culture that you're not a part of when you're coming in as a consultant, that we're not trying to colonize it for lack of a better. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right. That's You know what? You bring up such a deep point. That's how colonization happened. And Mm -hmm. it was like, uh, it was, it was a complete disregard for the humanity and the, and the, the human experience that was in front of them. And it was literally the latter. I know a better way. Let me ego my way in. And now you need to adapt to my ego, screw everything else. And that's how colonization happened and continues to happen when the ego is the forefront and not the humanity. And I think that um, more people like I want to be out of business. I want my business to be out of business in 10 years because if more people just led with the parts that they don't, they can't see, taste, touch, and smell, we would Mm -hmm. be so far from, you know, this toxic environment. And and I realize that we're getting there. We're getting there as a, as a a collective humanity. Um, and so, yeah, this is, I mean, it's part of it's, I love the work that I do because I get to, see humanity in so many different facets and it just deepens my love for a wide range of experiences and, and allows me to hold deeper space. Yeah, no, I love that on so many levels. Um, in my consultation calls with po- potential power couples, when I'm interviewing them, mm-hmm. one of the things that they're surprised, one of many, <laughs> besides I can help you increase your orgasms, besides so many <laughs> things that I help them do. But one of the things that they're surprised at is when I say, I really do not want you to need me yeah. by the end of this process. Yeah. Like That is a goal, which is the opposite of what so many other people want from their clients. Like, yes, I want to help you and I want to serve you at each new level right. of your evolution evolution and your expansion, but I don't want to still be here at the level that you are coming into me at 
and helping you with this past the time of expiration. And yeah. some people we can do it in a day. Some people are three months, some are nine, some are 19 months. Right. But when that expiration has literally expired, I need you to release me yes. so that we can either grow into another level of your humanity, right? Yep. Another level of your self-actualization, or I can release hmm. you to someone else I can refer you to that can help you in an area that I either hmm. not qualified or am not interested. <laughs> and both can be true. Yes. <laughs> you know, know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hear you a hundred percent. And the methodology or the philosophy that you're utilizing is not lack and scarcity energy. That's why you have companies or people that are like, I need to retain you no matter what. They're yeah. operating from not being able to release and, and shift through change very well, even though they're trying to help other people do it. And that's my same philosophy too. I'm like, hey, I don't want to work with you forever. Like I, I want to set you up in the best. Like I want to get you 50, 75% because you have the same ability that I have. You have yeah. the same ability that I have. And I think it honors the birth doula in me. Um, you can birth through empowerment. You can do that. Um, yeah. Let me show you some of the ways that you can do it, but ultimately you're the one birthing and yeah. you're going to be going through your transition. And um, I'm just here to navigate the waters with you and let you know, Hey, you <laughs> spot on or hey just yeah. just shift a little bit maybe turn to mm -hmm. the side a bit and just see how more yeah. efficient you'll be able to make things so i'm i'm a full alignment with what you're saying but i love what you're oh, saying no, you you know i'm bopping your bobbing my head like i'm one of them doll babies you sit on the car dashboard <laughs> right like because i knew that when i saw in your bio mm. that you had birth doula mm. as a part of it and in the, in the physical sense i knew that there was also a spiritual sense behind oh, it yeah. that was absolutely intertwined <laughs> into the other quote-unquote corporate work yeah. that you do because it, it is there's so many overlays yes. between those worlds of a physical birth and a spiritual one, a yes. going into the next level of your confidence of understanding that the culture that started in, mm. you know, three months ago is not the culture that is going to be booming right. in six months. Right. right. Like, and beyond it, because you want that baby to not just stay cute and little and swallow. You want right. them to, to walk and be potty trained. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And that takes a lot of trust, right? Yeah. To trust that your that your child, that your organization, that your employees, mm. that your new leaders, that your experienced leaders, that they'll be able to take this new information and this new way of being and be able to go to that next step. And yeah. trusting is very challenging mm. in your world. To say the least. Well, let's bring it yeah. to birth and talk about trust Come for on. a second. Okay. So mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to talk about is the finkster. <laughs> the finkster and birth in our bodies. Men, masculine energy carry two finksters. Well, two main finksters. There's a few in our body. Women, we carry three feminine energy are, are three. And the three that the one that births is the one that is, um, the vessel, the vagina area, right? Like that whole yes. component. When you do not trust, your finkster does not open. And it doesn't matter yes. what finkster it is. So some people that walk around with um, certain um, 
uncomfortabilities in their bowels or certain issues with mm-hmm. their throats or whatever. Those are finksters. So the more you do not yeah. trust, the finkster does not operate, does not open. So if I'm birthing my baby in the caveman days and a saber tooth tiger comes, I'm not safe. I don't trust. My finkster closes up and allows me to go birth somewhere else. And people don't realize that when you don't have trust in your organization, you're not able to birth anything new. In fact, mm. you're going to be able, you're, what's going to happen is you're going to cause more damage to the body, to the thing you're trying to birth versus trusting, which is a very natural human element. You have to learn not to trust. First of all, that's a whole nother component because yeah. the finkster opens up. And what's so fascinating about the finkster, even when not birth, if you don't feel safe, if you don't trust, you don't speak out, you don't talk. You don't share ideas. Yeah. You don't um, allow people to understand where you're coming from. That is very detrimental to an organization that's trying to move and navigate itself. So the correlation between physical birth and non-physical birth is actually very much the same in terms of how things yeah. operate. And one of my biggest assets is being a birth doula because I see the the dynamics between both and you're very spot on. There's a spiritual element. I like to joke. I'm the woo where the woo meets the work. And I just kind of go in and like people think I'm like building processes, but I'm moving energy y'all like business is a spiritual game and I'm able to translate very, very well the non-physical into physical and vice versa. And so I love how you talk about trust because it's, a big, big component within an organization and just in life. Yeah, no. And I have to, I have to piggyback on that because this makes sense where your other business comes Mm -hmm. in. You're creating this voluminous spiritual moving spiritual energy once you're allowed, because there has to be some allowance on the part of what will be enforced versus you know, something on paper. Oh, right. we bought the Fontes Rubin, you know, on paper. This is what we did for the community, but they're not actually allowing them right. to do it. So if it is really truly allowed and enforced and encouraged, you have this big voluminous spiritual energy that you're able to move and and mold and play with and change and help other people see how they can do it too. And then that allows overflow for their oh. human kindness acts. And, you know, for me, kindness is compassion in action. And you're doing that through your other business. Would you like to share a little bit about what's going on in there? Yeah. Are you referring to humanity power? (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know what? Humanity power is, is really interesting. And it's one of those things that is still being birthed, even though it's out there. It's one of those things that are still being birthed and I'm navigating myself through that birthing, but how it, came to be, um, it was 2020 where the country shut down and this is right after George Floyd was murdered and companies would bring me in to talk about racism and certain, what was happening in the social and political climate. And I was talking, I mean, dozens of companies holding space for conversation, navigating people through tears and fears and all of these things. And I got a call from a CEO And he says, you know, I didn't really know what racism was until you came in and explained it to me. And I was like, that's kind of not good. Um, Because if we're not operating from the same definition, we can't get to the destination. And so I remember sitting down thinking, okay, 
well, how does someone become racist? And it's not a question that, you know, I really asked myself until then. And so I went on this journey to understand how someone becomes, because we're all becoming something. And yeah, when, you know, birth, they don't come, nobody comes out racist. And so I'm, I went on this journey and I created a workshop called how to become a racist. And it talks about how racism actually happens within ourselves. The purpose of that workshop is to help reverse the happening. So it doesn't, so we don't become that and some other things. So as I'm doing this workshop, I did it for free. It was like back in 2020, July, I'll never forget it. And I did it. A bunch of people showed up and they're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. What's next. And I was like, I don't know. Like I just went on this journey. I have no idea what's next. So I sat back down and I said, you know what? There's been movements of white power. There's been movements of black power. I think we need a movement of humanity power because the Mm. word unity is in in the word humanity. And I said, okay, I'm going to stop it. Yeah. It's in the, I don't have the shirt on, but I have a shirt that says humanity power and the, and and then the unity is colored in different colors. Yes. And so I just thought it to be a statement. All I wanted it to be was a statement. And then someone was Mm -hmm. like, you could do more with this. And I was like, I don't want to. Who am I? Who am I to do more? Right. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I don't want to be out there. I don't want to be talking to people. I don't want to do this. But who (laughs) better than me? And so I said, okay, I'm going to take it to the next level. Um, Humanity power is focused on raising the humanity to end the isms, ableism, ageism, classism, colorism, sexism, racism that harm our humanity and planet. And I'm going to do this by amplifying the unity within our humanity through certain modalities. So I've been for the last three years, three and a half years, um, I've been feeding my direct community doesn't matter mm-hmm. what your status is. A warm meal goes a long way, especially when you're working yeah, or you're by yourself or just, you just don't feel like cooking. Like I would do that. Um, and then I do community cleanup. So I bring the neighborhood mm-hmm. together and we clean up the neighborhood. I'll do like small events for the community. And my goal is to just get people out of their houses. We have bigger yeah. fences and smaller porches. And if you could just be with the next person next to you, you'll start to realize that our humanity has so much in common and people are like, what can I do to make an impact? Guess what? Kindness is free. And that's the the goal. And so I, I took humanity power and I've been running with it in multiple ways. The fun or funny part of it was my husband was like, oh, you should have a mascot for humanity power. And I was like, no, I don't want a mascot. He's like, you should, and it should be a manatee. And I was like, that's not what I want. But I listened to my husband and I found someone that just drew a manatee for me. And I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I need to reach kids with this message of humanity. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you know this, but I have six kids. And no, I did not. I did not see <laughs> yeah. that in my professional stalking of you. <laughs> yeah, I have six humans and nice. I use them as my test trial. And I wrote a children's book about a manatee named Humanity. And yeah. the goal was to create a children's book that the parents would have to read to their kids 
And the kids, because I mean, you know, they're good at this, will call the parent out around humanity or be able to that part. share that. My daughter has told me multiple times, hey, mom, that's not humanity. I'm like, you know what? You're right because of this book. And so humanity power is a movement, but it's a community movement because while people are trying to in, in, uh, um, impact change across, you know, across the country, your mm-hmm. neighbor, could use a kind word. The the small business that's like, I'm going to put all my savings into this could use your support. Um, right. You know, the person across the street that you never say hi to could use your smile. Um, and you just would never know what someone is going through. You just never know. And you just being a kind human changes the world. You have yes. no idea how impactful you are just being next door to someone. And so that is the purpose of humanity power in so many ways. And then the other part is to be able to influence other communities to do their own cleanups, do your own third Thursdays and feed the people in the neighborhood. Like you can do what I do because there's a word in Swahili says, Sisi Nasawa, we are the same. We can yeah. do the same thing and impact on a deeper level closer to home. Mm. I have chills listening to you express how it all beautifully comes together Mm. and the intention behind your words. I know people can't see you the way I can physically see you right now, but I can see the glow just brighten as you talk about the why behind it, as you see it and you you share how important this is and how simple it really can be if we stop overcomplicating all of it. I, I talk a lot about being selfish mm-hmm. and kind because I think nice is nice, nasty. Mm-hmm. Nice is very superficial. Like, right, we're nice to the stranger that we're like, hello, don't look at me. Hello, yeah. don't touch me. Oh my yeah. God, are you near my car? Are you near mm-hmm. my kid? Right, like mm-hmm. all the things. But when you're kind, that compassion and action your third Thursdays, your cleanups, your events, your smile at the neighbor, your gentle hello yeah. at the passerby or as you walk the brood of children that you have <laughs> you know, to, to get some water ice yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? Like those small things, that is kindness. And those simple things that are not always easy and they're not easy, they're simple, but they're not always easy because we're lacking the intentional selfishness that I believe is important for us to have. If Mm. I am an empty vessel with nothing else to give, Mm. I'm exhausted, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stuck in analysis paralysis, I'm frustrated, I'm feeling guilty and I'm filled with shame and I haven't done my own self-forgiveness work. Mm. If all of those things have happened, it's very hard for me to not be nice and be kind because I'm being superficial with myself. So how would I be anything deeper or greater with anyone else? But if I'm intentionally selfish and I carve out that time to give myself that personal intimate gift of space to create joy for myself, then I can overflow kindness to my neighbor. I can show up to work in my work culture and actually hear my colleagues say, I didn't understand you Mm -hmm. instead of being offended at the tone in the email or thinking that they were insinuating, which mind you, both can be true, right? right? They really could be being an a-hole and being a jerk, but I don't have to react to it in the same way that I would 
would not do it if I had already filled myself up and I don't have any space for their nonsense because I only have space for the love (laughs) and the kindness and the joy, the adventure and the edification that I want to have for myself. And when I heard you talking, I saw you lighting Mm. up and I was like, yes, honey, (laughs) yes. Like all the yeses, like literally trying not to like throw stuff at you. Wow. <laughs> While we're having these conversations, <laughs> yeah. good old black woman. Yeah. Like, Let me throw this at you, girl, so you get it. <laughs> Where the church music at? Where the church music right at? You know what? Yes. You cannot give what you do not have. And the That's ego right. reacts, humanity responds. You cannot, um, you know, when you judge someone else or you judge yourself, you are defining. You are defining you, not them. There's so much. And my journey has, I've I've been on this journey for a very long time. I have tamed the ego in a very good way. My ego's name is Otis. So I I tell Otis, I don't even really have to talk to Otis as much. In the beginning I did, but I'm like, Otis, chill. Like we ain't going there. Otis, what do you want? You want me to tweet Mm -hmm. this? What what, what is this going to do? Let me actually go into why my ego was offended. Oh, because I have a belief system that isn't serving my true self. And come on. I think that it's really important that we are spiritual beings in physical form. We're not, we're not humans having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having mm. a human experience. When you start to understand that, it's almost like this labels, right? You think about it in this way. You and I, we go to the grocery store. We're looking for like broccoli that has almonds in it. We go to the frozen food aisle. We go get the package, right? We don't go home and boil the package. Right. We don't go, right? Like we, we aren't this. And when you start to be able to decipher and move around what society feels like, you know, we're not meant to be born and die in the box that we came in. And like, when we start to realize that society is great in some aspects, but none but ourselves can free our minds. Like we need to go on that journey. And when we go on that journey, the part of the intentional selfishness that you're talking about, I love how you said that because that is me with all the kids that I have. I remember with my, was it my fifth one? I went to Bali pregnant, 12, 12 weeks pregnant solo. Bye. See you later. I'm gone. I'm gone. And I had some of the best, solo experiences. I -hmm. go on solo retreats. I send my husband on solo retreats. I spend time with myself and I ask myself the tough questions. If I'm at a misalignment, guess what? It's nobody else. It's me. So what do I need to do to fine tune this frequency to get better in alignment? Because the thing that I protect at all costs, I don't care what it is, is my energy. So I don't watch the news. I don't watch mm-hmm. politics. I don't, I'll mm-hmm. get everything third party because guess what? I can decipher right. the energy of what's happening yep. and I don't allow it to affect this. Cause once this is affected, guess how, guess what else is affected? My household, the way that I manifest the vibration that I'm bringing, the people I'm coming in contact with. And so I make sure that I'm filled up and ready to go. Also, I don't yeah. come out. I don't come out. I, right. I don't come out. I will not do it. You will. And there are days that I have where I'm like ready to flip tables and I'm done <laughs> and I'm overwhelmed That's real. and I'm like this, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And then yeah. I have to think about, okay, what energy <laughs> is coming 
what am, what energy am I allowing in right now? Yeah. And sometimes it's like, oh, I've I haven't really been I've been saying the wrong affirmations. I've been saying I'm I am tired. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. I am mm-hmm. this. So, so when we first got on, when we first started talking, you asked me how I was. My yeah. standard answer now is I'm aligned, I'm aligning, or I'm in flow. Because yeah. most people, and I know this is not you, but most people just like, how are you doing is like a formality. But when you mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. I'm okay or this or what, you're accepting a certain energy and I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to say it anyway, why don't I just say something that that will utilize and fuel me? So I am aligning, I am aligned or I am in flow and you'll be surprised at what that does to your energy. And you'll be surprised that some people, they just answer either way. They're like, okay, that, you know, they don't know what to say, (laughs) but in the off chance that you find somebody that vibes with you, you're mm-hmm. opening yourself up to, to be able to receive. And that is such a beautiful thing. I don't, I don't receive anything that that doesn't align with me. So if someone says me a yes. compliment, I say, I receive it. And thank you. You say something negative to me that don't vibe with me. I don't say anything. I don't receive it. Mm-hmm. No. Why would mm-hmm. you take, mm-hmm. why would you take that on? Because that's only going to affect mm-hmm. where you are and your ability to do what you do. Ooh, you are dropping truth bombs on top of gems on top of micro courses and <laughs> I mean it <laughs> like that's legit and I know that you know the power in which you speak I know that you mm. understand that life is in the tongue I know yes. that you understand that energy as much as it can uplift you it can infect you if yeah. you are not careful like I yeah. know that you know that and for the the family that's listening to us right now that may not have understood the mm. power that's in their tongue, I think many of them just got chains released from them mm. in this moment. Mm. Like I felt the mm. paradigm shift when you were speaking. So thank mm. you. you. Thank you for pouring it out and sharing it in just the exact way. That somebody mm. somewhere out of 4,000 plus downloads, an episode that we get, somebody heard that mm. and was like, yes, yes, and <laughs> yes. Mm. I wholeheartedly well, received that. Mm. Thank you. Girl, like for real. And you know, I say that girl with the love yeah. that is highlighting underneath of it. Girl, emphasis on the love. It, this makes so much sense what you're doing and why you're doing it and your emphasis on the crucialness. I make up words all the time I and I it. also redefine them because yeah. I'm unapologetically bold and ridiculously awkward about it. But I, I understand that that cruciality around community building when I yeah. was doing my due diligence and professionally stalking you. <laughs> And was looking at all the things professionally, of course. I was like, oh, okay, like this is different. You know, she's very different. And I I have a shirt, my husband, um, he just plays with statements and stuff here and there. Mm. And he had one that he wrote that says, not like them. Mm. And I saw that statement when I was looking Mm. like through all of your Googleables, right? I was like, she is not like them. And that's a huge plus Mm. in my book. Because anytime I can see someone 
almost like a glowing neon highlighter, mm-hmm. rise above all of the noise that comes into our inboxes mm-hmm. and all the things that the team has to, in the DMs and all the things <laughs> that we have to flush through. It is such a breath of fresh air, like that mm. first breath that you take as for a for the people who are listening. I know we have some few brave men, but most of our listeners are women. And for those of you who have ever witnessed or participated in pushing a child mm. out of your body, that breath that you take mm. after you know the child is safe <laughs> and safely out, it is both relieving and simultaneously stressful because your body is still in work mode, right? It's still in go mode. It's still in do mode. Uh, And for many, many people, it's like, I need to hear cry. I need to hear hear fingers, toes, counts, nose, eyes, right? Like all the things. But that first breath after that Mm. final, to your knowledge, push before placenta and all the other things that we have to do. There is so much, Mm. I think, ancestrally that gets pushed out in that moment. And I heard that. Mm. when I saw Mm. what you were doing in the world. I literally heard it Mm. in an audible way. Mm. And I promise you guys, I don't have any diagnosable (laughs) diagnosable conditions, um, which I would be honest about because I am a trauma specialist. So I Mm. I would say it if I did, but I literally heard it. And I was Mm. like, oh, she the one. She the one. We we need her voice Mm. on the BBP. We need her to speak into the kings and queens and the producers of the next legacy imprint. Because what you're doing is it is not just necessary. It really is crucial. So thank you. I receive every ounce, millimeter, centimeter, everything of what you just said. Thank you. (laughs) I receive it. I receive it. And it reminds me of something I tell people. I am the roots to the tree in which I will never experience the shade. And I say that multiple different times. And I, and I believe that because I have a knowingness of it, not a belief. I have a knowingness of it because I am recognizing that there were people that came before me that were possibly the soil and they fertilize that ground, allow me to be the roots to the tree. And there's multiple roots there. And I look at the stuff that I'm doing and I just really care about humans. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Um, There's no other definitions behind it, but it's something that I've had ever since I was a little Sharice. And my mom will tell you, there's no surprise that I turned out the way that I am where I'm like, I'm a, you want me to go this way? Uh, no. Why? Okay. I'm going to go this way. And I've never, <laughs> I've never followed this like, Oh, here's what everybody else is doing. I'm going to do it. I've always been like, why, why should I do that? Why, why did you do that? And I've experienced I mean, if you name it, I probably have experienced it. But guess what? You never mm-hmm. tell. I tell the story from the scar, not the wound. And that, yes. I think, is such a powerful way to navigate life. And, you know, I'm also aware of whenever I have a story that is still in wound mode. And I know yeah. how to be mindful of, again, what I'm putting out. Because I really do, do have this deep knowingness that it's, we are so connected. We are more connected than we believe that we are. And 
sometimes it just takes one person to just say, you know what? Actually, I don't think that. And is it dangerous? It could be. But I think it's more dangerous to not follow your intuition and, and the calling that you have on your life to appease someone else that might not even know what their calling is on their life and to be very mindful oh of that. And, you know, <clears throat> there's this book that my friend, I have to, I have to look it up because I keep referring to the book, but I don't even know what it's called or whatever. But she was telling me <laughs> about this writer who's a, who's a philosopher, which I'm also a philosopher in, mo- in, in many ways. And he talks about the non-obvious and the obvious and the non-obvious yeah. or the obvious are like, people that are posting things and social media, like the funny things. And it's like, Oh, quick likes and quick swipes and all of those things. Those are the obvious things. And then you have the non-obvious and these people are painting art with depth and saying things that make you think and kind of get your gib- giblets all bundled up a little bit. And that's the non-obvious. Yeah. And right now we're in this interesting part of our society where our brains like the most efficient thing. So then the obvious is where our brains are going to go. They want that sugar, that fat and that salt. Like it wants to do that thing. That's right. But guess what? That's not real food. The that's not real food. We, we need the substance, the non-obvious. And while I might not have, first of all, don't ever put my follower count, which I don't care on my epitaph. I don't care, but you know, like, I don't, I, you have the non-obvious and some of these people aren't getting likes. They aren't getting the retweets. They aren't getting that because they aren't aligning with this mm, majority frequency of the obvious. But guess what? When you're broken down and you're crying and your life isn't going the way that you want it to go, you want the non-obvious people because they got depth and they have a, a message that's going to shift and change you. Now, it might get you lifted up for a while and you might go back to your old patterns, but recognize that this is the non-obvious that are shifting and changing the world, not the people that are doing the obvious. That's the superficial or the... And we need both. We need a balance because our brains can't take yeah. it all in at once. Like We need that right. balance. We need the light. The we need, light, And I mean light as in lightweight. Yeah, we need Mm -hmm. that. But we also need to recognize what season we're in and what we can, what we can, what's going to serve the season that we're in. Just like you wouldn't wear, you know, two sweaters in summer, you might wear two sweaters in winter, right? You need to be Mm -hmm. able to navigate that. And I think the non-obvious and the obvious have this beautiful duality and, you know, we just need to be more mindful and mindful of what our mind is full of as we're navigating life. And if something resonates with you, don't just be like, Oh yeah, I like it. Go deeper. Why do you like it? Where is that coming from? Ask the critical questions of yourself and be less critical of others. You know, we think a lot of our, we think, what is it? We think too much about others or we talk too much about others and think too much of ourselves where we should be talking more to ourselves and thinking more about others and talking, yes. you know, having that dialogue and just being like, Hey, Sharice, what's, what's up, girl? Like, you know what? First of all, you did that. Second of all, yes. where are you at? Okay. You over there. <laughs> all right. How do we get over here? Hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some patterns that we need to uh, go through. I just did, um, I do fasting a lot. 
And mm-hmm. I did my last fast. Um, it was like 14 ish days, but mm-hmm. I kept trying to fast and, and wasn't making past the three day mark. And it came down to a conversation with myself to realize the reason why I didn't want to fast was because I wouldn't be able to emotionally deal with my stress through food. That has been a generational chain in my family Mm -hmm. for so long. My grandmother died because she used food and it ended up killing her because she got all these health problems. The women in my family have not traditionally taken care of their health and food has been that thing. And so I recognized, oh my gosh, so what do I need to do? And I'm still navigating that right now. But until then, like I'm going in deeper and asking those questions. And I just encourage anybody that is hearing this in that frequency to just go a little bit deeper with yourself, spend time with yourself, solo time, turn it off, back away. It's not the most comfortable place to be, but it is the best place to start. If you really want to see change in this world, if you really want to see change in the world, you're not going to prescribe to what everybody tells you you should be doing. You you're going to prescribe to yourself and take care of you all day, all day, all day. <laughs> the solo retreats that you were talking about, I call them self locations or micro sabbaticals. And I am right. I'm here for it all day. Honestly, that was one of the biggest changes in our business. Our company just turned 12 th- at the time of this recording two weeks ago. Congratulations. You. And we started, I would say about two years in, I got more serious. Like I try to taper the time off, but then you work through the guilt Mm. of being with yourself, right? And not doing all the Mm. doing instead of being. And so you're kind of like fake off Mm because you're really working like a slave 20 Mm -hmm. hours out of 24 hours in a day, (laughs) but but you're just not taking phone calls. Like that's really the only difference. So I went through all of that the first couple of summers that we like tried it. And then by, I would say the third summer in, I got really honest and looked at Mm. what was not being done because of all the doing that I was. And what was not being done is I wasn't listening to the lessons of those triggers. To your point about that example you used in fasting and and what that lesson taught you when you were triggered by that third day going Mm. into the fourth, you were like, wait a minute, why can't I Mm -hmm. get over this hump? Like, Why can't I get past this hour into the next so I can successfully navigate whatever it is that's going on inside of me and get through it, that trigger was teaching you something. And those mm-hmm. first couple summers, I was, you know, dare I say, afraid of myself, mm-hmm. afraid yeah. to look in the mirror of those triggers and see it. And to your point, Sharice, the that's why the time is needed. That's mm-hmm. why the work has to be done. That's why we're not showing up in our fullness in whatever work culture we're in, whether it's a nine to five traditional shift, if you will, or it's within your business model and you're not able to really do mm. what needs to be done without all the doing because we're working so much and we're not trusting. Mm. And I really teach, preach and serve the women founders and entrepreneurs I work with that become those power couples with, you got to work less and trust more. And it sounds <laughs> the opposite to your yeah. point 
of what everyone else is see. It's hustle culture. It's grind. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. badass boss. Like mm-hmm. it's all of those things. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, okay. If you love the titles, you like it. I love it. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah. But in my life, I love cuddles. Yeah. I love time with my grandbabies. Mm-hmm. I love opportunities to, you know, make love to my husband in the middle of the day. Like yeah. I love these opportunities. That's why I created my business this way, not just to focus on play, right. but to make it sustainable so I can enjoy what I'm doing and not be a martyr. I yeah. don't want other people to have balance in their relationships and their love and their life and in their business. Hmm. And I'm back here like, oh, what do I do? How do I do it? How, how many streams can I create? I only got 13. I need a 15, right? Like, I'm like, that's not what I want. And it, it may look weird to other people and to the same with the followers and all that. I yeah. believe in depth. Yeah. Give me depth. And then when I want something light, I go watch Real Housewives. Like, you know, it's okay. A little ratchet. Yeah. That's the yeah. lightweight, right? Like, yeah. That's the lightweight, quick dopamine yeah. hit, that sugar, fat, sugar, fat salt. Yeah. That's, you know, more of a snack, not an entree. Yeah. But when I go. really want some meat, I know where to go to, yeah. you know, and it does make a big difference. And to hmm. your point, all of it is know thyself. Know thyself. Know thyself. And you know what? Don't RIP me when I'm gone. I want my peace now. That's I want my peace while I'm in the living because those that are gone, they have transcended and they off. They doing their thing. They're in ascension. They're in a whole nother realm. I want my peace now. And anything that does not allow me to have my peace bye. You know, yes. I, I sent an addition to that. I love how you describe solar trees. I'm going to definitely take that. I sit with 85 year old trees. And I know that might mm-hmm. sound weird to some people, but I imagine for a second, I'm, I'm in my thirties. I go sit with 85 year old trees. Guess what she doing? She chilling. Yes. Nothing phases her because she knows that she wants to get to 90 95. She want to be around messing with people. So she realizes that stress does not serve her. She realizes that humans can be fickle. She realizes that the opinions of others do not define her. She is wise. She is decisive. And so when I'm in this, like, it's more of like depletion stage that, that mirrors sometimes overwhelming. I say 85 year old streets, like, what would you do? And she let, let it go. Let that shit Mm -hmm. go. Go, yes. just let it go, and watch what happens. Muscles are built in the rest mode, not when you're working out, work you're working them out. They're built in the rest mode. Some of my best births, all of them have happened when I've let go mm-hmm. everything. So it's like just being able to sit with wisdom again. That depth that you're talking about really helps navigate. And my thing is protecting my peace now. So you know, and, and some people their boundaries aren't very clear around family. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've been navigating is family uh, parenting, that parenting relationship and that dynamic of what your parents tell, told you you should be what you are. Mm -hmm. And I've come to realize, first of all, I mean, I don't even like using the word perfect because we as humans, that word just negates our humanity. Like there's no way yeah. that we could own, understand that the nature, nature is perfect and things like that, but we are, we are not. And when I realized that my parents were human, which is another dynamic, mm-hmm. when I realized they were human, yeah, 
and they were going through their own stuff and navigating and had their own questions or maybe afraid to ask their own questions for the answers or whatever, I stopped putting so much emphasis on what they thought about me. Worry about yourself. And I'm going to do this because when you're gone and I'm still operating from your approval, what do I become? What happens to me? So I've decided that I'm going to operate from Sharice mode. And if they don't, they don't approve with that. That's okay. You love me anyway. That's okay. You know, you don't have to approve everything that I do. Just like I don't have to approve everything you do. And the, and the dynamic of being a parent isn't for you to navigate every step that I'm in. I'm learning that now. I have six little humans. I've now realized I'm the vessel for your journey. I am not the map maker and the, you know, navigator for your journey. You are your own being. I am here to help facilitate Mm -hmm. in the best way that I can, but you have your own lessons to learn. You have your own tears to cry. You have your own hurts to heal. And I can be solid for you if you need wisdom, but I am not going to live the life that you came to live for you. And once I realized that dynamic for myself as a mother and a parent, I've released a lot of what my, my parents were the last bit where I just wanted to like, I cared just enough Mm -hmm. to not go deeper for myself. Now, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, yeah, you are free. I'm, you are in your agency of your own humanity. That's it. And I'm going to stay there because it's so much better on this side. You know, it's so much better when um, people can say certain things and guess what? Viscerally, nothing happens. It's so good when people can, you can hold space for somebody else's heart around something and not take it as your own. It's yes. where you can watch the birth and, and, and navigate the person through it, but not feel a single pain. Like it changes everything. And I like, I like it over here. I was um, talking to someone and they were like, you know, need to be angry about this. I said, nah, (laughs) Nah, nah, nah. I've tried anger. Guess what anger gets you? Death. In so Mm. many ways. And I've, I'm done. I'm done with that side of myself. Anger does not serve me. So I protect my peace. And whoever comes into my space where I can share that message, where they're open, I share that message. And people are wondering, like, how are you like this? And I'm like, Man, where do we want to start? Right. My my answer is usually because I have a real life. <laughs> like, you know, outside of however you see me or whatever box you put me in because you came yeah. across a Instagram or a LinkedIn or a Facebook or a podcast or or you saw me in the street in a moment of time. Yeah. Whatever you tried to encapsulate me in, I break boxes and I have real life because life is really lifing. So it keeps me humble. Not yeah. quiet, because I believe humility is literally about knowing what to say and when to say it. And yeah. that's the, the range of it. Yes. But as a person who aspires to always be in her meekness, which mm. is strength under control, mm. then I'm able to see that I don't need to be to the earlier point that you were talking about in my ego and allowing my ego to ship me. Now, does it mean that I don't have some moments when I'm like, you better recognize, right? Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that's celebrating, not 
that's not the ego, although you have to pay homage to the ego protecting you and pointing it out. Yes. But the reality is you should be able to reflect and celebrate and feel accomplished without feeling like you have to play small or without feeling like you have to appease, whether it's a parent, a previous coach, a a neighbor, an ex lover, Mm. right? Somebody that told you you couldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't, will Mm. never be whatever it is that they tried to speak over you and you rejected it based on your actions. I hope. Right. Yeah. Listen. Oh my goodness. You just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) This is again, goes back to receiving. Be very careful with what you receive. So I have a lot of different conversations that don't come to light, but there's been one that's been replaying a lot where someone has been like, you know, talking around the concept of working twice as hard. And I said, I said, what's twice and what's hard? Because both of those are relative. So how can you operate from a standard that's intangible? You know what I, and then, you know what I told them? I said, you know what? Maybe the twice as hard is about overcoming yourself, not anything else around you. Because if you operate, if you're already accepting that mindset is I'm going to have to work twice as hard, guess what? You will for yourself, not against anybody else. But for yourself, the twice of twice as hard is having to go through the parts of you that aren't yielding what you want to see. And that is hard because you're stuck in a belief system that isn't serving you. And so we have been having this conversation with people. And I'm like, be careful of the affirmations that you tell yourself because they Mm -hmm. might not serve where you're trying to go. And there's a Jamaican saying is what is for you can unfor you, which is what's for you cannot be unfor you. So no mm. amount of purpose, no, no amount of privilege or position or power can override that purpose. And if that is yes. true, what is for you is not, it is going to be for you. There's a reason why I'm not in a different house than I'm in now. There's a reason I have the car that I have and not that car. People don't right. think that way. Like sometimes I'm just like driving and I'm like, why don't I live in that house? Because it's not for you. You are on a right. specific path. And so unique to your journey that if you just spent time with yourself, thyself, you would hear it. Now, where people get stuck is, oh, is it going to make me money? Is it going to make me this? Is it going to, you know what? Mm -hmm. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Just go explore a bit. You will always be taken care of. Stop worrying about what other people have, because as you know, as a coach and and as you're navigating different people, you know that what what they what you see ain't always necessarily what's going on on the outside. Sometimes those people will exchange every bit of their wealth for just an ounce of your health. And you over here stressing about what you don't have. Yeah. Like perspective. Just give yourself a little space. And that starts with that intentional selfishness that you're talking about, giving you the right space Mm -hmm. to do that. Sharice, don't, don't make me throw (laughs) anything around. (laughs) I know the editor who is my husband, by the way, Uh, is already going to be like, you got uh, one more time to bang something, clap something, (laughs) be throwing your bunny slipper across the room. Like I need you (laughs) to stop. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? You brought up so many valuable points and God knows this is like a multi-layered episode just in the one from the beautiful vulnerability that you started with and you're sharing of aligning in this moment when Mm -hmm. you first came in to the, to the green room, even 
And you left off just now with basically that curiosity, adventure and play Mm -hmm. that needs space so that you can hear those other lessons that are trying to come up and also those opportunities for what's next that's happening. That's not anchored in someone else. But a lot of that happens when you're giving yourself permission to pause. Mm. So what does yours look like with two businesses and six kids and a forever lover to boot? Like, <laughs> you know, not including all the other things you've got going on behind the curtain. What does permission to pause look like for you these days? You know, I, um, what first comes to my mind, if you ever find me in my neighborhood and I'm walking around, one thing you'll notice is that I'm without shoes. 95% of the time. Um, my permission to pause is realizing that everything that was here before me was is perfect. I cannot go up to a tree and say, hey, tree, let me teach you to be a more perfect tree. I do not go up to a bird and say, hey, bird, let me teach you how to fly better. Everything here was perfect. And then, you know, through thought, through our mind, we created everything else. And so my permission to pause is deeply connecting to nature which has so many lessons and I just listen and I tell myself yeah. it is through the listening that the messages will come. There's this story. I don't even know if it's verbatim, but basically this is back in like the ancient uh, Greek days where they had um, coliseums and some of the spiritual leaders that needed answers to questions would um, enter, uh, uh, enter this coliseum and, whisper their question to a statue, cover their ears and walk around the Coliseum. And then when they exited, they would un, you know, take, uncup their ears. And the first thing that came to them was the answer that they were seeking and they would follow that. And so for me, my permission to pause is connecting with nature and listening to the things that I do not hear when I'm around the noise, because I know mm. that everything is beautifully working out for me. I receive it in every ounce. Life is happening for me and through me. And in order for me to live what is already going to be on my epitaph, she did what made her heart sing for an audience of one. It is time for me to reconnect. And I know I cannot do that if I'm cluttered. So I go and declutter Mm -hmm. and I go shoeless and people think I'm like this, like weird, like hippie hobo, but I don't care. Because guess what? Mm-mm. I'm walking the earth and there's a saying, when you wear shoes, the whole world feels like rubber. Mm. And so I want to connect and I give myself permission because I know that I am worthy and um, I don't need my validation of worthiness. I, When things happen, it validates my knowingness that I am worthy. And so I just take that mm. time and go on this journey. And I like it on this side. So I continue to give myself permission. (laughs) I know that's right, Sharice. On every level, I'm a big fan of earthing too. Mm. So I'm, I'm with you on the receiving that is deeper and greater than anything that we could give ourselves in this human form. So having it come from what is perfect is true pleasure on every single level. Oh, girl. Okay. How can people connect with you and learn more about the great work that you're doing in the world? Yes. Um, The best way to find me, one on LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, that's a great place to connect with me there. And then if not, like email me. Um, 
you know, just send me an email at sharifsfonts at gmail.com, whatever, like hit me up and I'll get back to you, but I'm limited on social, but you can traditionally email me. Um, if you're looking for culture stuff, find me at culturecircle.co. You can reach me out, reach out that way, but I'm around. You just, you know, find yeah. me anywhere. No, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Y'all, y'all hear this humility. Y'all, y'all hear it. <laughs> She's like, I know what to say and what not to say. It. So I'm just giving you the highlights. Yeah. We'll make sure that every single link that is attached to your business that in the public sphere is also listed there. And we will add your email. Thank you. As a, um, a way for people to communicate with you as well. I appreciate that. So I just have one thing to say and that is thank you. Thank you for carving out time energy and physical resource to be mm. here with us today. I am so honored by your gift and your generosity to share from your heart. Thank you. I receive it and thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure sharing space with you. <laughs> thank you. Balance Bowley listeners, I just have two requests for you. The first is to come into your body and think of one person who could absolutely benefit from hearing this episode, from hearing Sharice's story, her journey, her truth from her core. Share it without context. Hey, heard this dope interview, thought of you. That is it. Push in, push send rather. And the second is for you to enjoy the balance of your day. But remember, do it boldly.